Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur. You are going to love my guest today. I know that you're used to me and Dan bantering back and forth, talking shop and doing all kinds of craziness, usually talking about Spinal Tap. You know, just depends. We we really need to get into the vein of the Wes Anderson movies um, when I'm talking with him. But this is going to be a departure today and what I would consider a real balance. So I have so many female listeners, so many uh, freelance uh, listeners, so many entrepreneurs listeners and so many VPs of marketing and those kinds of professionals who have a lot on their plate. And so it's going to be a great, great podcast for you listening to this life coach, this uh, mindset coach, this just wonderful lady, Robin Barr. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Priscilla. This is I'm so glad to be here. This is just hangout time for us. So that's cool. Yeah, love it. <laughs> um, when you have two people who actually genuinely like each other, this tends to work out. Exactly. (laughs) Well, you and I met, I like to kind of start my podcast with kind of how we met, why you're on the show. Um, But I've I've never kept it a secret from people that this is my show and I get to have the people I want to talk to on this show. (laughs) So it's a little bit about being selfish and getting to have a great conversation with, um, you know, people who are innovating and in their industries, but also they're carving out their own lives. That's something I really hold to be really valuable. And I see that in you. I, I love, love, love that in you. And I, you. I see you helping other people do that. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we start, here's our little Venn diagram, a fun fact about me that you couldn't possibly have in common and something about you so our listeners can get to know you. And then I'll talk a little bit about what we have in common and, and let's go from there. So what's your, what are you going to try and stump me with? What do you think I, I don't have in common with you? I don't think you have in common with me um, being in a commercial um, when you were around 25. So I was in a local commercial uh-huh. around 25 and then um, it kept airing for 10, 20 years. And so <laughs> every once in a while I get a phone call from a friend saying, oh my gosh, I just saw you on TV. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's like, cool. Oh my God, they're airing that commercial again? That's crazy. Oh, and man. I had laryngitis when I was doing the commercial, so everything is voiceover. Oh, it is. I was going to say, maybe it was like that sexy Lauren Bacall voice. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. You know, I don't like getting sick, but I like my voice better when I'm sick. Not, I, mean, I just think it sounds like more sultry and more, you know, more interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, what you don't have in common with me, and I I totally had to pull this story because this is something you would appreciate. Uh, You and I did meet at uh, a women's retreat. And I wouldn't even say women's retreat. It wasn't that. At Emerging Women, incredibly powerful professional women really um, changing, you know, what is going on with women and what understanding our power. So we obviously have a lot in common just from the sheer fact that we were there. But we've met up at so many other retreats. Um, But this one retreat you were not at with me. (laughs) (laughs) I got to hear um, an entrepreneur. We were in, we were doing visualization and talking about, you know, how do we see the soul of our business and what does it look like? And what could it, if it were to be embodied, what is this? And literally in the share time, which, you know, good Lord, here comes the share time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This lady got up and 
And this this story is only more funny in that my project manager, Beth Claybrook, was with me. And let me just say, Beth Claybrook is a very black and white person. She hates liars. I mean, and I mean, <laughs> by hates, I mean, she cannot even abide. Uh, no white lies. You know, she's just a very straightforward person. And so we were already in touchy-feely land for her, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so she, I'm like, just give it some time. Let people say what they see their business as. You know, I'm totally trying to make this okay for her. And and this lady gets up and is like, when I visualize my, and I knew from the tone of voice we were in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when I visualize my business, it is a muscular and very strong winged pegasus. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just looked at Beth and I thought, I'm sorry for bringing you here. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so, she was definitely out of her comfort zone. Totally, totally. But as you can see from that, we have so much more in common. And I love your work. And like I said, I love knowing so many other people who know you and have worked with you because of what I've gotten to hear about what you do. So let's talk about what you do. Why don't you tell me first, you know, how you got into, you know, being a life coach and a mindset coach? What's that story? Well, I worked in corporate pharma for about 20 years, and um, I really started to notice um, both um, the level of stress that I was under and the level of stress that everyone around me was under and how people were doing what I call dying at their desks. They were (laughs) living these miserable lives and making a whole lot of money, Um, but we're really suffering. And so I started to get really curious about um, emotions, uh, about stress in general. And it took me um, into learning some emotional healing techniques, Mm -hmm. and then eventually into exploring coaching. And once I um, started to learn more about um, our emotional states and how coaching can really help us gain awareness and shift perspective, um, I was sold. And so I took a leap. Um, I was managing a um, five-year agreement for the company, and it ended. And I asked them if I could uh, take a, take my permanent leave at that point and go <laughs> off into the coaching world. So I, um, I'm so passionate about helping people expand and integrate their brain and their emotions and helping them really achieve the lives that they um, are, I mean, lives they love, the lives that they are seeking. So Mm -hmm. I do that with a combination of um, some um, emotional healing techniques, but primarily coaching. And I um, specialize in helping people understand what's really happening in their brains so that when we're doing a visualization, like you mentioned, right. <laughs> people understand what they're accessing mm-hmm. um, and what um, with the metaphor that comes up when they do a visualization mm-hmm. and then helping people that might be, you know, stuck in the daydreaming land actually understand how to make use of what we'd call the the task network in their brain to actually get things done. So so you mentioned, you know, that you help people understand what's going on in their brain, which obviously that is just it's super interesting. So we'll get into that a little bit. And to deal with their emotions, 
But tell me a little bit about the first word you used was that you noticed people were stressed out. What really do you think is going on? What's the level of epidemic with stress? And how is it and how is it or is it different, I guess, is going to be my question for a um, a a female executive or, you know, a professional or a male, are we handling this kind of stress differently or not? Maybe that's a non-starter of a question, but it's something that's interesting to me. So tell me a little bit more about like what you see going on with stress in our, in our modern life. Well, I definitely see that we are both males and females extremely stressed. The difference I see between my male clients and my female clients is that my female clients um, tend to get um, more depressed or have uh, more emotional outbursts, whereas men tend to default to frustration and anger. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, we're all dealing with a lot of pressures and expectations, both what we perceive from the outside and then what we place on ourselves from the inside. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stress is quite simply a focus on the past or a focus on the future. When we're in the present moment, we actually aren't um, in you typically in a worried state, either worried about the future or um, regretting our past. So helping people connect with the present is a key aspect. That's one of many techniques Mm -hmm. to help people um, get their whole brains back online so they can um, actually work through the challenges that are in front of them. Yeah. You know, that, that is interesting because as soon as you say something that sounds so totally basic, I realize, oh, there's so much truth in that. You know, when we get complicated, sometimes there's not really a resonating truth. But being present, or maybe there is something to be said in the dude, live in the now, you know? Right. <laughs> but I, I agree. I mean, obviously, none of us can just live in the now. But, but there are so many times it's so easy to slip into not being here. Right. It is so, it it can be really frustrating, even for someone who's trying to be present. So you're obviously dealing with people who are trying to be present. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't have come to a life coach, a, you know, a mindset coach. So tell me about what that struggle is, even for someone who comes and says, this is what I want, Robin. Why is it so hard for me? What, What are some of your thoughts that can help people you know, understand kind of the conundrum that's happening. Right. Well, so much of what's happening um, with our thoughts then translates into chemicals in our bodies. So we may say we want to be present, but when we have an intense amount of fear about something, our brain is going to release hormones and chemicals that flood the brain and make it difficult for us actually to function outside of that fear. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so even for that person that wants to be present, we, we have to spend some time being with the fear and letting it pass through. So then we can access, um, you know, the higher reasoning centers of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, and actually um, get to a resolution for them, get them moving forward. Mm -hmm. Well, when you say that about being with the fear, that really resonates with me because, 
you know, even you, we, we both have a friend in common, Chantal Perriot. And when I spoke with her on the podcast from being the, the, the founder of Emerging Women, we talked a lot about fear and what, you know, where a lot of people are running away from fear as opposed to walking through it. Right. So what, you know, what do you feel is, is it just that people need to practice walking through it? Or, and does this, is this where more a mindset change comes into play? What, what do you do when people kind of get to fear with you and and they're like, oh yeah, not going there? Well, the first thing that I like to do is actually have people name the emotion. Naming it that I am afraid is a powerful way to come into the present moment. Because when we feel fear, we want to flee or fight or, you know, our fight or flight mechanisms come in and we're wanting to, you know, run away from it. So I think when you're talking about walking through fear, it's acknowledging it's here. I'm afraid. And somehow that's grounding. Somehow just accepting, okay, I'm afraid right now. Mm -hmm. And actually that brings you into the present and starts to help you access um, more capacities to then move from there. So oftentimes I have people to sit with it and just notice what happens in the body when they sit and acknowledge it. That, okay, that, oh, you are totally hitting with me, this idea of these, these capacities that we do. I think so many times when these fears and these things hit us, we feel incapacitated, right? And then there's this frustration of like, but I'm a strong, powerful woman. I should be able to get through this. Like we almost like begrudge our capacities. You know, why are our capacities <laughs> failing us right now? And that, you know, and, and inevitably what we do is go down this whole path of talking about, well, I thought I was stronger than this. Or I, well, why is this, why is this, you know, being so hard for me? And I, I do see that that kind of chatter in my own yes. emotional life is not helpful. Again, I'm again, not in the present. <laughs> right. Because the inner critic voices there just have a heyday and then they, oh, they critique, yeah. they critique the critic, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just judging the judge here. <laughs> and you know, when you're in sort of that monkey mind of chatter, um, that, that you're in, you're in fear, or you're in frustration, and you have a lot of hormones going through the Mm-hmm. through the body. So anyway, being with it helps us, you know, acknowledge it, calm down a little bit, and then access those other capacities. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to stick with that word with capacities. I think that really hit me. That's a That was a real gift you gave me there. But th- yeah, to access your capacities, to be able to be the person that you want to be. So you mentioned, <clears throat> you know, the you know use of your brain and also dealing with your emotions. So what are some of the things that come up most often that you hear from people who are looking to work with you and really need, they need a shift in this. What What's coming up for them and their emotions? Well, you know, I work with, a, I do coach a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and there are, um, with entrepreneurs, I find that there is just a lot of fear of showing up. There's so much uncertainty when you're creating something from scratch, <laughs> right? Hold and on. Jesus, I'm, I'm bawling yeah. my eyes out. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> it's hard work. It's hard work because we, um, we don't like uncertainty. It's not a stable place for us. And so it's very easy to get triggered in um, situations of uncertainty. And sometimes those the fears can be 
about showing up and being seen. They can be about fear of failure. They can be about missing out. But they all are tending to stem from this um, immense amount of uncertainty that you're facing. I also think it applies for folks that are in corporate positions as well, because you are dealing with a lot of pressure and expectations and uncertainty. We Mm -hmm. think that we can control way more than we actually do. Yeah. And I see even as an entrepreneur, then it gets layered. I I can totally see it from both sides. If you work for someone, the uncertainty is that there's a big piece of your future that's reliant on someone else making the right decision. I can't even imagine that, you know, I I don't remember, I don't remember working for someone and, and, you know, and I certainly wasn't, you know, working, I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, work for myself for 15 years plus. So I don't, I didn't play at this level where my, my future was relying on someone else's, you know, wisdom right, (laughs) or lack thereof. (laughs) And, but on the other hand, I, you know, I, I refer to it as the stunning discomfort of entrepreneurship. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and, stunning but, discomfort. Yeah. And, but, you know, so you feel like in some ways the the pro and, and the illusion is that you are more in control of your future because you're the one making the decisions. Right. But it's not really true either. They're both illusions and they both are things you have to walk through. And so it's really two sides of one coin because there's fear on one and fear, you know, on the other. On the other. Right. Yeah. And, and and there's pressure on one and pressure on the other. And um, yeah, I don't know what I would be like, you know, in the discomfort of the uncertainty coming from someone else's else's actions. But I certainly know that there is no more certainty over on this side called entrepreneurship. (laughs) Right. And regardless of whether you're an entrepreneur or you have a corporate position or or whatever you do, if you're human, you have well-worn, well-worn neural pathways Mm -hmm. and ways of being. And um, so you have default modes and some of those are serving you and some of them aren't. So when you say that, you mentioned earlier that, you know, your default mode maybe could be taken offline and you could move into your greater capacities if you named the thing. And you yes. mentioned that about fear. Do you think that's true about all the other emotions you're feeling? Is it is there just as much power in naming, hey, I'm sad or I feel lonely or which, you know, that's a freelancer, um, <laughs> a freelancer entrepreneur statement. My exactly. first <laughs> Absolutely. Because um, all of those emotions are, um, are, yes, naming every single one of them, fear, frustration, loneliness, sadness. Sometimes one of the best ways to work through those is to acknowledge it Um I have a lot of clients whose default mode is frustration mm-hmm. and, um, you know, frustration and anger, they say oftentimes is a cover emotion. Uh, frustration, the, the, the left brain really likes frustration. It's not a, as good as acknowledging sadness and some of the other things. Mm-hmm. So sometimes underneath frustration is sadness, but the more that we can name where we are, regardless if it's right or not, you know, I'm frustrated. Even that can help us um, come into that present moment and start to potentially reframe where we are or um, connect with um, the the whys for what we're doing, so to speak. Well, I'm going to go even a little more personal. What would you say to people who are really more 
um, verbally processing what's going on. So for example, it is a little bit of a pet peeve for me about how low sometimes people's self-reflection can be. They don't realize how they show up into Mm -hmm. a group. And a lot of people verbally process, I'm frustrated, I'm frustrated, you know, without really being able to in their own quietness say I'm frustrated let's see why am I frustrated what are the what are the more complex emotions underneath these I I feel like this person let me down I feel really sad that this didn't come through I feel really uncertain about this future you know being able to do that I I am a verbal processor but I also have several verbal processors around me and I'd like to help them in a way that is not judging and get them to see you can process some of that on your own and then come into this meeting and whether that's a client an employee you know, in my own personal life with vendors, whatever it is, I see that the need for me to really understand um, how to help someone else see that, you know, and obviously I need the help to be able to see that the more I can, you know, make that present and, and alive in my own life, you know, I would like to be able to help other people, you know, as opposed to just defaulting to these really simple emotions. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. you know, cavemen hit you over the head. I'm so mad. I'm going to blow up this meeting. <laughs> you know? Well, I do think that comes over time with greater mm-hmm. awareness. You would certainly, it is okay to say, I'm frustrated. Um, because even that is a- acknowledging what's here in the present. Right. Um, I would say for people um, that it is always helpful, especially if you verbalize things out loud. It is great to, to hook up and work with a coach um, for a little while. I mean, I think a therapist could help as well, but it's mm-hmm. not, there's nothing broken here. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to emphasize that, um, you know, we're not broken, what we're, we're learning are new ways of um, creating awareness about ourselves. And when you work with a coach, um, the coach can listen to you and pick up on values that aren't being honored. So, so much of what frustrates us or, um, you know, really triggers us are important values we have in our lives that aren't being honored. Hmm. And, um, Sometimes just even knowing and understanding that helps us hold our own values a bit more loosely with around other people or reconnecting to the values that we really want to hold true, which is kindness or, um, you know, love, care and appreciation, respect, what have you. Mm-hmm. So um, I always think that working with someone you know, bringing your stuck place to a coach, you can always learn more about yourself. And it's in that greater self-awareness that you start to then be able to process on your own in your cubicle or yeah, whatever. Right. Okay. Meeting. I love that because, and I, I couldn't agree more, you know, this is what we also have in common that people usually end up walking in the door at Little Bird Marketing because in some way or another, they're stuck. Obviously, they're coming to us for they're stuck in marketing, they're stuck in their business plan, they're plateauing, and they just just can't they just cannot unstick themselves. And I see that commonality with you. It's not that they are not capable people, or they haven't built a great life, or they haven't. There's not a fault in there. I love that what you said there. Something's not broken. This is life. This is right. you know. And I know. Okay, I'm going to make take a tiny divergence if you'll <laughs> indulge me on this. But I think you'll find it funny. This is a little where I, you know, I can at least laugh at myself a little bit. But in uh, Brene Brown's book, The Gift of Imperfection, 
And I know you and I are both big fans, so yes. <laughs> I'll go there. But the, I, I, it's the first page. I swear it is because I've read it so many times. But the first page says, you know, that um, everybody, you know, deals with I, I'm going to paraphrase. I know I'm going to mess it up somehow. But it's basically she talks about how everybody struggles. Right. And, you know, literally, oh, this is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, when you really hit a truth that you never really knew, you heard it. But when it finally, you know, one of my other coaches says, well, it doesn't mean something to you until it means something to you. Right. It never meant anything to me. I always saw that my struggling, my stuckness, my inability to tap into my capabilities or anything like this or or, or control the future of this, something was wrong. And I had to fix this, you know, and it was just and. When she first said that, it's like, you know, life is struggle. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard for everybody. That doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It means you're awake and alive and you're struggling. It's like, welcome. We've been expecting you. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I think that's why there's such a wonderful, wonderful place for life coaches and um and mindset coaches that are very different from a, a counselor or, a, you know, a trained therapist. Or, and I think they all have their place. But I love this idea of just someone walking alongside you in your modern life because guess what? It's struggle. And you're not broken in that sense. Like there's not something wrong with you. There's something wrong with all of us in some interesting way. But that's not that's not why you're struggling. That's not why a difficult emotion is coming up. That's not why you're feeling fear we're feeling these things because we're alive and having someone else walk alongside you and appreciate the fact that there are interesting things going on in your life in that, for example, you're just emotionally spent by the end of the day. Right. That's an interesting nuance to your, and you're like, whoa, this, this shouldn't be, this shouldn't be. Why, why am I feeling like this? So I, I just love your perspective from that. And I, I love it when, you know, you can come in as a coach and say, yeah, there's not something wrong, but what what is it that you really want, you know, and, and let me help you break through so that you can order your life the way you actually want it to be ordered. <laughs> Absolutely. That's powerful. And that's why I think. I think um, I often think that if in my 20 years of corporate leadership, if I had um, actually had um, this type of a coach, I would have known enough about myself to understand why I get triggered where I get triggered so that I could be more aware of it and actually let it go when it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean anything was broken about me then or mm-hmm. is about me now. And that, um, and I was very effective at what I did, but I I'm human. <laughs> Welcome. Mm, yeah. And I, I suffered, um, and I suffered with, with those fears and beliefs that mm. were, you know, in the background, right. um, that I didn't really understand why they existed. Mm. So oh, anyway, yeah, you know, whenever you can come at it from a real, that's an authentic place where you that's, that's what you felt. And so you know, that place, I, I right. think that's wonderful. Then you bring your expertise to it. Well, two things I want to talk about before we go, because I know people are dying to hear this, this is the new year. Um, but yes. before we go into New Year's resolutions, and uh, do you hate them? Or do you love them? Or how you know, how do they fit into coaching? But also just a little small tidbit, I hear you many times talk about alignment. And that's mm-hmm. something I find really interesting. Do you have a couple of things you want to mention to us about 
what do you mean by alignment and how can a life coach, you know, help you help you get into alignment? Yeah, what I mean by alignment is that you are living consistently with your your values and belief systems. So um so oftentimes um, we do things um, for for certain reasons that are really out of alignment with who we are. And this is a silly one, like um, I'm trying to think of an example, but you you might um, really value um, serving and connection, but your motivation behind what you're doing is all about making money. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's important to, to be in alignment and know our motivators and values so that we um, are acting and creating in alignment with those in, in the same direction that those things point. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that that makes some sense. It so, does make sense. And also it ties in with what you said about, you know, the pain that we have in our life is that, you know, you, you try and call you know, help us see, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the coach would help us see that pain comes in our lives from the fact that there are important values that we hold in our heart, but we're not honoring them in some way. I think that right. totally ties into what you're saying. Um, you know, it, that's a symptom, right? Of yes. something going on. <laughs> it's a so, symptom. Oh, let's talk about New Year's resolutions, Robin. Sure. <laughs> Let's talk about them. Oh, like now we just divided our whole audience. There's this side that loves New Year's resolutions and this side that absolutely hates them and won't do them at all. So how do they fit into life coaching? And when someone comes to you one way, like majorly goal oriented and, hey, I've got these things for the new year, or when someone's just, I will not do these things, you know, what from either side, what, what do you have to say as a life coach about New Year's resolutions? Well, what I would say about resolutions is what I love about them is when somebody decides they want to have a, a resolution, they have become aware of something that they don't think serves them or something that they'd like to create. And so awareness is always positive. But the but what I don't like about them is is we tend to create the, okay, I'm, I'm going to lose 30 pounds this year mm-hmm. and then look for the quick fixes to do that. Um, so when somebody comes with a resolution, I get really curious about what they really are looking to achieve. What is the feeling that that's behind this? Um, you know, what do they believe they will accomplish when they get there? And then once we're clear on where they're really going, we work a lot on commitment because, you know, so often with resolutions, we're not really committed. We want the end result. <laughs> we don't want to change it. That's thing. right. I'm absolutely committed to the end result. <laughs> I am committed what does to that the end mean result. to you? <laughs> as long as there is never chocolate to pass my eyes. Right. Yeah. Now in December. Um, and, you know, we, we commit, but also in part before committing, you're really exploring, okay, what are the challenges going to be here? Um, and what are, what are all the changes or what are some of the changes that you can imagine will need to be made? So breaking it down a little bit, because so often 
uh, you know, whether the resolution is I'm going to get a new job this year mm-hmm. um, or I'm going to lose weight. They're usually um, very big goals and we never really think about um, what are the, the challenges or landmines we will run into mm-hmm. and have a plan for moving through those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting. The So many times the resolutions don't don't take into consideration, yeah, what happens when I come up against this obstacle? <laughs> how how committed am I? That's that's really pretty interesting. You mentioned the word exploring, and mm-hmm. I, that that just that hit me. Um, do you ever do word of the year, or do you do? I, mean, I do. I love you? word of the year. You do. I mean, it's very powerful. Okay. Well, you know what's interesting is I actually picked four this year. One I created four quadrants: one for my um, personal life, and then one for my emotional slash relationship life, one for my work life, and one for my spiritual life. And for the my spiritual life, the word was explore. And I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm appreciative that you said that because I think you really can decide what you want to do if you take the time to explore and ask the questions. Um, do you feel like that's what is lacking? I don't mean to lead the question if if it's not, right. but I do think people a lot of times come to these decisions. I want to resolve to X. But without really exploring, is that what I really wanted? Is, is that some yeah. things that a life coach can help you do and explore? Is like, well, why do you want this? And what's going on underneath it? And what is this going to look like? Right. You know, we come back to that visualization <laughs> <it> step. <laughs> and as we were talking about it, yeah, it doesn't have to be all about the emotional depth behind it. Mm-hmm. But even just getting, you know, clearer about the why and understanding um, the sacrifices or changes that you imagine will need to be made in order to accomplish it. We never know exactly what we're going to run up against, but um, most of us just say, oh my gosh, it's December 31st. What do I want to do this year? Well, mm-hmm. I want to get a new job. I'm, you know, I'm committed to getting a new job. Well, um, really what we need to be committed to is all the various different things that it's going to take in order to um, get a new job. And we may not even know those mm-hmm. at that time. Well, you just said a very unpopular word, which is sacrifice. Yes, sacrifice. <laughs> and nobody wants to sacrifice something. They want to get something. But right. really isn't the thing that you get made so much more valuable by what you did sacrifice, you know, yeah. to get there. And often we use reframing or other coaching tools to help um, reframe a sacrifice into something so that you see it as um, a positive instead mm-hmm. of a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, and but if you you aren't aware of those either along the journey or at the beginning of the der- journey, they will sabotage you. Right. Well, there's the case for professionals right there. I mean, it's like I tell people, please don't don't attempt this marketing at home alone. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't attempt this kind of journey without people who have, you know, I, I hate to say it tips and tricks, but, you know, proven strategies and mindset changes that can help you, you know, see these things differently. I, I, I find it of tremendous value every time we talk. You know, and 
and and I do love your body of work and you know even following your blog and the easing and I'm really excited to see where you're going to go with the you know with more I, I see more um, talk of you know the brain science you know neuroscience is just so I mean it's so fascinating but I think that you know I love how you can help bring that back to a personal level what's actually going on in this moment as opposed to none of us are here to try and become a neuroscientist <laughs> you know? right because when I first started coaching. I would have people do visualizations, but Mm -hmm. I couldn't explain to them why I was taking them to these different places, you know, so I wanted to um, help those left brainers out there um, that include myself sometimes um, understand why Mm -hmm. um, coaches use the tools that they use Mm -hmm. to help expand their clients and help integrate them and help them innovate and what have you, because for some people, it can be immensely uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> so much can be immensely uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, made only better by having someone with you on the journey that <laughs> that understands. Maybe they don't make it better, but they do walk uh, through it with you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> that is. Well, Robin, tell people like how, what is it for people who've never tried, you know, life coaching or um, business coaching, mindset coaching, whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. wh- how how do people get on board? What does this look? What does it look like? Well, you, you know, I start by um, having a free get acquainted call with anyone who's interested in coaching, um, entrepreneur or um, somebody that may want to be shifting jobs. Usually, people get into coaching because they have something that they want to achieve or mm-hmm. a change they'd like to make. Mm-hmm. Although that's not um, necessary. They may just want greater awareness about themselves. Um, and then I, um, we start off the coaching really getting clear on what goals the person has. And then we do a lot of um, assessment work to just help people understand a little bit about their personality, but also how they work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, depending on the person's goals, um, I take their program um, in the direction that serves their objectives, mm-hmm. um, because certainly, um, you know, often entrepreneurs just need a weekly or um, every other week sounding board right. to help them get unstuck from this place to the next place. Whereas <laughs> somebody that's job changing might need more accountability on each step they're taking in the process. Right. Yeah. A little bit more handholding. Yeah. I, I do talk a lot about the stunning aloneness that is entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, you've got to check out Robin's website. It's Unleash Your Brilliance, which come on, that's just such a great, you know, such a great URL. So yes. unleashyourbrilliance.com. And, um, you know, I hope you... I hope you took away something from, uh, you know, from this interview. Obviously, this is, you know, Robin's just easy to talk to and deal with. But I'm, I'd like to be to know what your New Year's resolutions are. Whether you are um, going to make them, have you already made them? I know I do that, or, you know, late in the year before, so that I'm ready to go. Um, but you know, it doesn't have to be a new year to start something new. It can be any, any old time you're, you're listening to this. So, um, Robin, tell people how to reach you besides the website, Unleash Your Brilliance, or would you like, how, how do you want them to connect with you if they want to know more? If they want to know more, feel free to, to contact me directly by email. It's Robin, R-O-B-I-N, at UnleashYourBrilliance.com. And I would um, love to set up a 30-minute connection call just to um, um, understand what 
you might be looking for. That's awesome. But you, you know, sign up for the easing. It's really, it's really informative. And I think for anybody, you know, who is really on that journey of self-awareness, it, it really is a great reminders and, you know, a few moments of wait, pause, you know, <laughs> let's stop for a minute and think about where we at, where we're at and where, you know, we want to go. I really love it. So Robin, thank you so much for being on Ponderings from the Perch. This was fun. Like I said, <laughs> talking thank with people you. I want to talk with. excellent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go, you know, pause and think a little bit about what, um, wh- where, where I'm misaligned and just make sure I don't have any important values that are in my heart that maybe I'm not honoring quite quite as well today. So (laughs) I'm going to think on that a little bit. But if you love our show and want to hear more, tell me what you want to talk about, who you want to hear me interview. And uh, I would love it if you go out on iTunes and give us a review. Um, But, you know, in the review, feel free not to review the show exactly. But tell me something funny or tell me what your New Year's resolution is. I'd love to hear anything else um, from you. I don't take myself too seriously. So please don't take yourself too seriously in the journey. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Podcast, this has been Robin Barr with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.